Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I know you are here wanting to change and rewrite your story. You are desiring to step into the impact that you know you were here to create. I am here to guide you with the proven tools and strategies used by myself and our speakers to support you in taking radical responsibility in your life and learning how to own your choices to change your story. My name is Marsha Van Weinsberg. I am a storytelling business coach, master NLP trainer, speaker, podcaster, and seven times published author. My clients have found freedom and purpose from overcoming their shame stories and learning how to share them with the world. I am so grateful you are here. Let's get started. Welcome back to the show. Today we are speaking with Tom Walters and I was on Tom's podcast, Zen Community Podcast a few months ago and we just had such a beautiful conversation and I knew I wanted to bring him on to this show because he is a meditation instructor and I don't think I've actually interviewed anybody who's a meditation instructor yet and this was such a beautiful conversation especially for those of you, maybe like me, who have struggled with quieting the mind and meditation and slowing our thoughts down. So he is here to share all the details today. Tom helps aspiring practitioners deepen their practice so that they are able to fully embrace their power. As an insight timer instructor, he helps listeners cut through the noise so that they can clearly understand their divinity and their higher self. And this is the thing we dove into how we are constantly being like subscribing to our inner critic and that inner critic and our higher self are constantly at this tug of war. So meditation can help to quiet that inner, inner critic so that you can hear your higher self speak. He was a wealth of knowledge. He shared so much information about the power of meditation, how it actually works in the body, how to implement it, how it becomes the process of quieting that inner critic and how it has impacted his life, helping him to stay connected to his mom since her passing. And he taps into that message to continue to impact others. He talks a lot about how as a society, we are constantly wanting to avoid our pain, feel our emotions and our beliefs that are holding us back. We are in this constant state of suppressing and scrolling and using everything else to avoid us feeling our feelings. He talks about how the meditation can help us to calm our nervous system, change our body's response to the fight or flight experience and impact how we show up in our everyday life. This is such a beautiful episode. He shares his heart. You can hear it. You can see it if you're watching it on video. And if you have not used the Insight Timer app, I would strongly encourage, it's a free app. It's I've actually been using it for years. And with that, you'd be able to listen to Tom as he shares so much there on that app. So I know you're going to love this episode. Welcome to the show today, Tom. It's so good to have you here. I am so thankful to be here. So I appreciate the opportunity, Marsha. I'm looking forward to our talk. You are on my show, uh, and I'm looking forward to uh, giving you back the same uh, Mm. wisdom and love that you showed me. So thank you. 
Oh, you're welcome. And I love this because I get asked a lot for podcast swaps and I'm really particular as I'm sure you are because we have to make sure that things line up. But you, we just had such a great conversation. We recorded and then we had another conversation. So I'm thrilled to have you here. Would you just share a little bit about who you are and what you do? And we're going to dive into you and your story. Fantastic. Well, Mainly, much like you, uh, meditation is the cornerstone of what I do. I'm a meditation instructor, and I've been meditating for over 40 years. So thankfully, my mom taught me young, way back in 1982, when everybody thought meditation was weird and nobody had heard about it, and people thought I was a witch or a warlock. I'm like, oh boy. (laughs) And if you had asked me then, when I was 18, I'm like, hey, what do you think you're going to be doing with your life? I'm like, oh, I'm probably going to be an actor, or uh, and that's where it started. Uh, but then that changed to psychology, graphic design. And uh, as I may have mentioned when we got to the last time on my show, when I wake up every morning, I know exactly why I'm here. And that is to teach meditation and to help people understand, um, first and foremost, how special they are, how beautiful they are. Our no- our world can be very noisy. And with all that noise, people will get further and further away of understanding how uh, much of an impact they have on the world and how much they can do and how much they're capable of. So that's using meditation as an introspective tool is what I do every day, uh, helping people in the workplace, in regular everyday life, just helping them understand who they are and the beauty that they are. Oh, okay. So I just have this picture. First off, I mean, when you said actor, I'm like, yep, could have seen that. Like that's the, you've got the voice, right? You definitely, anybody who's listening, you can hear it in his voice. Um, But I just want to know, what was it like being a child? Like, were you so open that meditation was something normal that what you experienced? Absolutely. And thanks for asking. Um, In fact, I had to beg my mother to teach me. Um, She was uh, responsible. She and two other uh, instructors came to the house every Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember her getting ready every Tuesday. It was like, there were probably about 10 or 12 people from the neighborhood and uh, from the town and the neighborhood. And they get together. I'm just, I just remember like, oh, I'm like, mom, can I, what are you guys doing? She's like, oh, we're, we're talking about meditation. We're learning meditation. I'm like, can I join you? She's like, well, let's just wait on that. And I don't know why she was reluctant, but uh, uh, she was uh, said, yeah, why don't we wait? So, They'd meet, and I would literally have my ear pressed to the uh, the door. I'm like, what are they talking about in there? I'm like, that sounds so cool. Uh, and then eventually, uh, I don't know what uh, what my why my mom acquiesced, but I'm so blessed and grateful that she did. She's like, yeah, would you like to join us today? I'm like, oh my god, yes, yes. <laughs> so how old would you have been? Can you? What's your first memory of like sitting and doing a meditation, and what was that experience like? I was either 17 or 18. I think it was, yeah, I think it's 17 because I don't think I was a senior in high school yet. Uh, And I was really aware of all that meditation was kind of, because like I said, I had my ear pressed to the door. I'm like, I'm like, I I think I get what they're doing. And uh, I remember when we did our first initial meditation, it was a guided meditation, obviously by the two instructors, uh, by one of the two instructors. And it was just effortless. Um, uh, Their tutelage and with me, um, Kind of spying on the group, I kind of knew exactly what was uh, what to be ex- what was to be expected, and it was just amazing. I remember that first meditation. I don't know exactly. I don't remember it 
every minute, but I just just definitely remember how transformative it was. And I'm just like, why don't people do this all the time? Why why would you ever not do this? <laughs> so, so I love this. So what was your experience that hit like, oh my gosh, we all should be doing this? Then, well, it's different. That question can be answered in two different ways. Obviously, when I was first beginning at 18, I was like, cool. I, everybody should be doing this. I'm like, and of course, when you're 18, I don't, can't speak for everybody, but you're pretty self-centered. You're like, I don't give a rat's, you know what, what anybody's doing. This is yep. awesome. And I'm going to do yep. it. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, and it was funny. Uh, that's a good question too, because I do remember I, um, I had a small group of friends and I'm like, yeah, they are probably not that open-minded. <laughs> so I'm like, this is going to be for me. I'm just going to keep this for me. And uh, mm-hmm. they don't need to know any anything about this. There, obviously, there wasn't any shame or anything, but I'm just like, yeah, they're just going to give me crap. So I don't need that. <laughs> well, a lot of boys that age, for sure, that would be like the last thing that would ever, like, ever even be a thing they would consider. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, so then I think, and I'm like, this is awesome for me. And like, I looked for it every Tuesday. I'm like, oh, cool. It's Tuesday, Tuesday, tonight's meditation night. Uh, and obviously now, uh, as an instructor, um, I just see, it's going to sound a little dour, but I don't mean it to, but there are a lot of people in pain in the world. And for me, my meditation has freed me immensely. And we all experience challenges in our lives, but if I think back on my life, and we talked about this, that my life is a gift. Uh, and if there's anything I can do to help people understand the beauty in this world that comes from understanding who they are, that's definitely what I want to do. And that's definitely what I do do. And it, it just makes my life just so powerfully blessed. Mm. I I I love this. And I, I am going to dig even deeper because I know what you're saying. Like a lot of people are in pain when it comes to meditation and sitting with your thoughts. Mm. That's typically the last place people want to sit. Yeah, they want to run. They want to run from their thoughts. <laughs> they want to avoid their thoughts. They want right. to. Um, and I mean, a lot of us do. And it depends on. And I just think like how I grew up was, you know, you push it down, you move on. You just move on. Like, don't we don't have time for that. Like, literally stop crying. Like, it was this really weird, kind of weird, but this is what it was when I grew up. And so even there are times where it's like, it's okay to sit with your thoughts and yours. And I literally, it sounds so silly, but I will go through a mantra, like you're safe, like you're safe. You're fine. This is okay. It's okay. But it's uncomfortable to sit with our thoughts. So I just would love to know anything that you want to share on that because I know I'm not alone in that. Oh, I don't (laughs) think anybody that wants to run from their thoughts is an exception. They are absolutely 100% the rule. Um, I mean, why do people scroll on their phones ad nauseum? Why do people binge watch Netflix shows ad nauseum? Because it's like, cool, as long as something's flashy in front of me, then I don't have to think about all the stuff that's going on in my mind. I'm like, And one of the things I tell new meditators is, you know, it's different for everybody, but if you've never meditated before, yeah, you are going to hear some stuff. Mm-hmm. But I give them the preface, like that inner dialogue is going to be really loud because you've been running from it for decades. Um, so there are times that, you know, when you when we first start, it's going to seem really loud because you've never faced it. But what I tell meditators that are just starting out, I'm like, it will abate. 
um, the voice of your higher self will take over and it will become the dominant voice. And it is the voice that uh, is resonant, hopefully, in all of us. It is our divinity and it's our understanding that, you know, that inner dialogue is nasty and uh, demeaning and the voice of our higher self is, don't listen to that. That's not you. That's the world trying to tell you what you are. You're nothing like that. Your higher voice says, you're safe. You are always going to be protected. You're always going to be loved. You are love. So take that and move on. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. So diving deeper again, I'm thinking of, you know, one of, and I shared this on your show and I've been on a lot of podcasts lately, but you asked a couple of questions that hit me. And I remember sharing something different, like a turning point for me was I remember taking my first yoga yoga class when we were in the middle of absolute crisis. And I, I was doing, all I was doing was like reliving the past over and over and over. The future scared the crap out of me and I didn't want to be in the present. Like, I'd, so I did not know where to go. Like I literally physically, emotionally didn't know where to go. And I remember sitting in my first yoga class wanting to get off that mat so badly because wow. it's like, it, this is so painful to sit in the present moment and eventually over time, I remember it becoming like, oh, this is so calming mm -hmm. to be in the present moment. Like this is actually good to be in the present moment, but it, it took a lot of time to, to work through that space. So when we're talking about um, that inner dialogue and how it comes from everyone else, and I love what you're saying in the sense that meditation is allowing you to separate that inner dialogue from the higher self. How long does that process take for someone <laughs> listening? I know there's not a defect. I just want to ask because maybe it's there is three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're lying. <laughs> it was torturous the first time. It was torturous, honestly. Um, but I and like I do know over time with repetition, I kept right. hearing the instructors and I kept thinking, well. What if there is peace in this? Like, what if, because I don't have peace anywhere. So what do I have to lose? Like, I don't have it anywhere. So I'm just curious what that process is like. No, that's a great question. And of course, you know, I, I was being glib, but uh, because it, it changes for everybody. Um, yeah. And there are some people that really just can't get past. Um, I don't want to say quickly, because we never want to do anything quickly in meditation. We want to do everything in its own time. But you are absolutely right. If you think it's, you're going to sit down in one session and are like, oh, cool. I think I'm awesome now. No, there's nobody, <laughs> nobody denigrating me. Probably not going to happen. Um, it depends on each person. But one of the things that is helpful for my students is letting them know that thoughts, and I think we talked about this uh, maybe on on my show, or on uh, that thought, every thought, absolutely every thought is make-believe. And make-believe doesn't really give it the power that I want. Every thought is an illusion. Is, an, is a fiction. And regardless of what you think, I mean, the only thing that gives any thought power is our desire to give it power. Um, so I tell people too, when they're meditating, we're going to have a focus, whether it be our breath, whether it be a mantra. And in the beginning, you're going to just go back and back and back every time you'll bring your attention to your breath. You're like, awesome. Then a thought will pop in. You're like, oh, okay, back to breath. And one of the things that I always let people know is they kind of get frustrated thinking, how many times am I going to have to go back to my breath or my mantra? It's just like frustrating. I'm like, well, here's, let's switch that up. Let's change our perspective just a little bit. You've never known what it's like to have thoughts 
come and go in your mind. I mean, you do, obviously, because all of us have thoughts in our minds all the time. Mm -hmm. But instead of getting frustrated when you realize you're having a thought, I would say that it's going to be the exact opposite, a cause for celebration, because you know now that, wow, I had a thought. And I have the ability, I have the power to take that thought and acknowledge it, but mm -hmm. put my focus somewhere else. And that's that's a celebration that many people, uh, you know, just twisting that perspective, uh, turning it on its side to say, you know what, what it takes two times or 40 times, every time you make a connection that I'm thinking or I'm having a straight thought, you are absolutely strengthening that muscle in your mind to say, cool. I have the ability to focus. I have the ability to not really control my thoughts, but see them in a way that's objectively going to allow me to respond to them as opposed to react to them. So mm -hmm. when those times of uh, frustration come from, oh, back to my breath, back to my breath, back to my breath, it should be back, back to my breath, back to my breath. Yes, I know a thought. I know a thought. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. I love it. It's it's I know part of the process I had to recognize that I would see thoughts like like balloons in the air. It's like there's another one, there's another one, there's another one, and not make them mean something that right. it's and I still consciously do that even when I'm awake. I will hear something and it's like, oh my God, Marcia, that is not what the thought you want to think. Like you know that. That's not the thought you want to think. But there's a fine line between saying that and thinking that. And being angry and frustrated and putting ourselves down that like, why do we think this way? And exactly. so does the process of meditation help to shift that? And how does it do that? It absolutely does. And repetition, just like you talked about, is going to be helpful. And one thing I let my students know all the time, it's called a meditation practice for a reason. And this sounds very cliche, and I'm sure everybody has said that, but maybe people have heard it, maybe they haven't. But our culture says, start at the beginning, become the best. And there's going to be a straight trajectory. The more you do it, by the time you're... <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's no straight line. No. Uh, you're going to become the best. The best meditator, that's what you should be aiming for. Meditation is unlike anything in the regards that there is no best. And you shouldn't be striving for best. You should be striving to be there, to be present uh, on the cushion. So... There are going to be times, whether you've been meditating for four years, 40 years, where you'll get on the cushion or your chair and you'll be like, okay, even I have to focus a lot today. Mm -hmm. uh, and other days, uh, it's going to be much easier. But to your question, it becomes much easier as we have those training moments where we see our mind going to uh, shifting from thought, focus, thought, focus. Every time we do that, it's like doing a rep at a gym. You're just getting stronger and stronger. So as time goes by, it becomes uh, second nature. And to your original question, it's really tough to say how long it is that you have to sit with that inner dialogue and you know, those thoughts fleeing until they come. There'll be times when my brain is running around saying, what's for dinner? That episode of Star Trek was awesome. <laughs> There'll be times where I'm just like, wow, I'm connected to everything. Mm. This is awesome. <laughs> oh, I love I love that. And I can feel like there's such a calming nature to your voice and the message that you're sharing. And this piece on like reps at the gym, I think that's a piece that we we all just forget. You're right, because we want results fast. We think we come fast. Yeah. But it's this piece like 
I can have a great workout regimen this week, but if I do nothing next week, it's gone. Like it's not, it's it. Yes, I can get it back, but it's not like a carryover one right. good workout for five days. It's like you have to, it's something that you practice and do every day. Absolutely. And that is without a doubt, the hugest challenge that my students have is consistency. Um, many times, uh, they come to me very reluctant thinking, I'm like, wow, my brain is all over the place, dude. If you can do anything, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to teach you how to do it all on your own. Um, but yeah, so um, there are going to be times where it's easy, times it's going to be hard. Um, but the good thing about meditation is with consistency, um, it's kind of like uh, like muscle memory, uh, linking it back to your body. Like if you've been gone for a month and you come back to meditation, it's easy to cut. It's like it's like riding a bike, uh, another uh, cliche. It's just, but to your point, for meditation to have that benefit, we do have to have a consistent practice. Um, they say that after 12 weeks of meditating for about 20 minutes a day, uh, our brain literally starts to change in a wonderful way. Our amygdala uh, starts to shrink, so we become less reactive to uh, emotions and stimuli. And again, if that scares people, not in a bad way, it's just like, Think about your days right now where your boss says, hey, I want to see you. You're like, your brain starts going, what? What did I do? What's messed up? I'm like, as we meditate, you might get that same email. You'd be like, hmm, cool. I got to make sure I schedule time with them. <laughs> so uh, consistency is a challenge. But the good news is once you've learned how to do it, uh, it's, it you don't have to relearn it again. It'll It'll come back. But consistency is the goal. Mm, and so when you said... We got 12 weeks, 20 minutes, right? right? That's, that's, I understand that piece there. Um, where are you on the school of thought? And I, there's a lot of different people that I follow who I love their work, but it's very much like if you can't meditate for an hour, you need two hours a day. And it's like, okay, that is not the way to motivate. People. <laughs> that sounds very I, social media. <laughs> yeah. Like it's very much right. And there are a few of them. Like I love Joe Dispenza's work. I love his work. Right. It's like, if you can't do an hour, then you should be doing two hours. And I'm like, you know what? Okay. But can we just for a second, like, that's not going to encourage more people to create change. So no. is there a certain amount of time that's ideal or what? Any thoughts on that? Fantastic question. And I get this one all the time as well. And to your point, I totally hear that. I mean, one of the things I want people to understand too is like, if you want to learn meditation, definitely, whether it be me, whether it be you, whether it be somebody, find somebody credible because it's you know, 2023. I want to learn how to play the tuba. Cool. Go out and see if there are any YouTube videos. And whether that person knows how to play tuba or not, they're like, oh, you know what? There are a ton of people that want to play tuba. So I'm just going to hop on the bandwagon and see if I can make a quick buck uh, teaching people how to do something that I don't really know how to do. But I'm charismatic, so they'll follow me. I'm like, ugh. And no disrespect to Joe, but that kind of like, you know, if you can't meditate for an hour, then you should meditate for two. I'm like, that is just not going to be helpful to anybody. Doesn't um, feel helpful. No, it doesn't. Uh, because anybody that's wanting to come to meditation to find peace, that is, that is anti-peace. Mm -hmm. uh, and one of the things I always tell people, and one of the things I always get is like, I want to make sure I'm doing it right. I'm like, oh, cool. You, you've done it right. Like, we haven't even started yet. I'm like, there you go. That's exactly it. There is no right. There is no wrong. This isn't normal. This isn't like picking up an instrument. This isn't learning a language where you're going to become proficient. It's just, you can't do it wrong. If you've cleared time to sit and be still and move inwardly, 
you've already succeeded. Whether your mind was racing, whether you did it for two minutes, uh, and that's the the segue, the long winded segue. Um, when I teach people, they're like, "So, how long are we going to go? Twenty minutes? Twenty five minutes? Uh, we just started. We're going to go three minutes." Like, mm-hmm. what do you mean three minutes? Like, a first off, three minutes is manageable. Um, and I literally have people start like for a week meditating for three minutes, then the next week, five. Mm-hmm. So they get to that point and there are going to be bumps in the road, obviously, but those small wins, A, increase confidence, B, have them understanding that they can do it. And B, it isn't a sentence where they're like, oh, okay, this thing's going to be over in 20 minutes. My mind is freaking going crazy. I'm like 17 minutes. I'm like, when is this going to be over? So we just slowly work up to that. So, so I do not, I do not push people to meditate an hour, two hours. Love <laughs> Me, it. Specifically, I do 20 minutes, 20 minutes in the day, uh, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes uh, at night. But mm-hmm. to that point, you know, for people who want to keep consistency, and I've done it as well, I'm like, you know what? I will meditate every day. And most days, almost all days, it's 20 20. But if there's something busy, I'm like, I have five minutes and that's going to keep my practice going. And it's something I can do. So, uh, so be patient with yourself, be flexible, but get in it every day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for like, I love everything that you're sharing. And I think it's so valuable because I haven't really had anybody on the show to talk about meditation. So I appreciate you letting me fire questions at you because I think this is helpful for other people as well. And the one thing that um, I practiced and I still do is I've openly shared, like I've had many times of anxiety in my life that it's like, I actually didn't even know it was anxiety and to be even more transparent it was this level of perfectionism that I strove for nonstop. And it wasn't until I read an article on perfectionism, I was doing a podcast series and I want to understand like, where does this come from? And I really started to see it. And there's a, there is something I'm getting to, but it's like that your perfectionism is like the driver's seat. Shame is the passenger and fear is in the back seat. And so when I really started to work on like letting go of that perfectionism, and now it's like, I literally, I laugh because I'll put things out there with spelling wrong and people will message me. And I've actually had people screenshot and send me my errors and say, as an author that you should be fixing this. And I'm like, no, it's on brand because I don't shoot for perfectionism anymore. <laughs> I just, it's on brand is literally That's what I awesome. say. But so it's, you can change. I'm just, first off, I want people to know you can change who you are and how, like how you approach things. But what was interesting was when that perfectionism started to strip away, this anxiety was like, what in the world is this? Like, I've never experienced this before. And I started to really dive into it and really understand, learn more. And that it's probably always been there. It's that I have always pushed it down with this level of perfectionism. And getting rid of that has allowed it to come to the surface. I just want any feedback or thoughts you want, because I know someone's going to relate to that. No, absolutely. I think a lot of people relate to that. Uh, I mean, if we think about meditation, it it is a stripping away. Uh, It's a a lifting of the veil, because you're absolutely right. Um, it may sound a little Pollyannish, but we are all perfect. We are all divine. We are we are light and love in a human body. So, and we've decided to become human. So we said, okay, you know what? I got to experience. Uh, Neil Donald Walsh says it uh, much better than I do. But basically, the be- the premise is, you don't what know what divinity is if you don't know what divinity isn't. Meaning that if you're God, 
you can't experience godness unless you experience what godlessness is, meaning human. So you uh, take a pact to say, you know what, I'm going to experience humanness. And by being human, that means I have free will. That means I know that my soul and my heart are, um, and my higher self is out there, and they have things they want to experience. But the whole experiment is our humanist saying, you know what, I know what you want, but I want this. I want a bigger car. I want a better job. I want a, a husband, a spouse, a wife, whatever. And our humanist really just clamps down onto our soul and our divinity. So to your point, when we meditate, we really understand that that connection to our higher self and our divinity. And we understand that I, the things that I need to have happen are just illusions. And that that disparity between the voices becomes even louder and louder in the most beautiful, joyous way. And when we have a meditation practice, when we are able to just silence everybody, I'm like, okay, all you people with your agendas, with your thoughts, I appreciate what you're trying to say, but nobody knows me more than I know me. Mm-hmm. So if I can get in touch with that, any issue will be eradicated. And the good news is it'll change again. You think you'll have it mastered, you'll be like, oh, cool, I beat that. And then it'll come up a week later, I'm like, what the hell? I thought I nipped that in the bud. It's like, no, just be patient. Things always change. It's the very nature of Buddhism. Things are going great. They won't go so great in a while. If they're not going that great now, they'll be good again. Don't you worry. Nothing is forever. Oh, I, 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 I just love what you just said there. And I could just picture almost this tug of war of the inner critic and the higher self, like they're tugging constantly in this space. And people will say, I can't hear my intuition. And I've often said, like, I have a really, actually, my intuition has actually saved my life a couple of times, um, both wise. And so I've learned to like, if I hear it, sometimes it makes absolutely no sense. I'm like, what you want me to do? What? Like, what? (laughs) it makes no sense. But I'm like, wait, how many times have I tapped in and listened? And it's been right. But what you're saying too is until you can really separate your thoughts, your inner thoughts, that inner critic from, and maybe stop giving them power right. from the higher self. That's the only way you're going to hear that higher self. Okay. Absolutely. And to your point, it is going to be, it's yeah. going to be a roller coaster. Some days, um, the one thing about meditation, which is awesome, is your intuition grows. Uh, there are still times where I'll, I'll, my gut will say something. And most times, I would say 90% of the time, I'm like, uh, I don't get that, but okay. You never led me astray before. So I'm going to go with it. Mm. But there's like, just like I said, my human self, 10% of the time says, uh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to keep going. And, and then sure as uh, you know what, it just yep. hits you and knocks you right on your butt. I'm like, okay, yeah. Well, you tried to show me. <laughs> I was an idiot. You were talking to me. My bad. <laughs> exactly. I had my yeah. fingers in my ears. La, 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> well, I think of it because there's been times where I've made some very life altering decisions that I probably spent a year thinking about doing, which is mm. crazy. And then I make the decision. The second you make the decision, it's like, oh my God, why did I do this sooner? Like that's that space of trusting yourself when it doesn't always make sense. Well, the very nature of our society says that intuition is. Uh, invisible. Like, why would we trust something that we can't see, can't measure, can't uh, prove or disprove? So the very, when we think about our intuition, many people don't go with their intuition because like, 
they're thinking it's woo-woo or they're thinking like, I, I don't know where this is coming from. I can't be proven. So I maybe I'm just making these thoughts up in my head mm-hmm. and they don't know that their hugest um, compass is within them. And it's like, uh, and like a chess, just like I shared, there are times where you're like, yeah, uh, whatever. And then other times you're like, gotcha. Don't understand it. Don't know. And that's a huge thing too. Our ego says you have to understand before you act on anything. So if you get something in your mind that you don't understand, just get rid of it. Just get stuff it down, get rid of it, disavow it. And like one of the most beautiful parts of my meditation is to say is the thing that I learn every day. It's like, you're you're amazing, but you don't know anything. <laughs> and I say that with absolute joy, humility. I'm like, oh, universe, you are mystical, you are amazing, and you are so wildly orchestrated. And when I get out of my own way, when I uh, turn inwardly and stop uh, talking or stop thinking about all the noise that's coming at me. Like you show me the way, whether I understand it or not. And there are many times we may have talked about this on my show. I'll be in a meditation and I'll get uh, a feeling or an image, and I focus on it. And I'm like, what is this? And sometimes I'll get voices uh, telling me what it is, and but most times I'll get feelings, and sometimes I'll get uh, what I call spoilers. What's like okay, you're being shown this not for now, but for later. So you might not understand it right now, but it's making its way into your being. So just be cool. Just sit with it. Mm-hmm. It'll be clear. And invariably, whether it be a year, whether it be a month, a week, I'll be walking or doing something. I'm like, oh, this is what you wanted to show me. Thank mm-hmm. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I, I mean, I would be remiss to not ask this because I have to bring it back to this show of own your choices on your life. Right. Where has your life strayed you away from who you are and your meditation practice allowed you to come back to who you are? That's a good question. I know that we were thinking about that. And uh, one of the things that I uh, started when I started Zen Commuter, I, I said, I'm like, dude, your life has been pretty amazing. Nobody's going to listen to you because you haven't really gone through any challenges. Uh, like, So people are going to be like, oh, yeah, the guy with the rosy life is going to tell me that everything's going to be fine. Yeah, of course it is for him. But one of the things my meditation has helped me understand is my viewpoint has created my life, meaning that, uh, I mean, I had a, um, a good friend of mine die in a car accident when he was 35. It was devastating for me. And I've had, you know, my mom has passed away recently, about four years ago, but then people die, I've lost jobs. So there are always times where we can just go into those pity parties. And we all do. I do. Mm-hmm. But my meditation practice says, you done? Uh, I'm like, can I just wallow just a little bit longer? It just feels good as as so want. temporarily, but there's no solution there, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm just going to wallow. Can I wallow for just a little bit? Um, but if I have to think about one pivotal moment, um, I guess it would be, I've never strayed, but there are things that just confused me. Like when my mom passed away, um, uh, I, well, I won't apologize for crying if I do, but anyway, oh. so when she, uh, when she passed away, I thought, I don't know why I'm like, she's gone. I'm like, the wisest person I will ever know is gone. Yeah. And then a year later, I heard her voice in a meditation. And well, we may have talked about this. I'm like, oh, great. A year later, and I'm cracking up. And then uh, we were talking. She's like, 
do you think you're talking to me? I said, I, I do. She's like, you are. She's like, all the things tell you that you're not, but you know the time is, um, is not linear. You're connecting to a, a part of me that where I'm still alive, another place where I'm still alive, and we're connecting. Mm -hmm. And I remember, obviously, much like now, <laughs> just sobbing. Just I'm like, ah, thank you. Thank you. Because like my mom growing up taught me meditation. My mom and dad have been with me through everything. Um, and never once, whether it was me finding, quote, new friends because I had a car in high school and I was uh, uh, drinking too much. Um, and they just sat me down like, what are you doing? They never like yell. They just, they were always there for me. So like I said, when my mom passed away, even though it was four years ago, I'm like, wow, this, this is gone. A, 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 a cornerstone of my life, the very basis of my entire life is gone. Uh, so once I found that out, uh, it's just like, it, it didn't renew my uh, meditation practice, but it definitely helped me understand like, God, once again, I'm like, I don't know anything. I'm like, there's so much out there. There's so much to be experienced. I'm like, I want to. And when I get on my cushion or in my chair, sometimes it's transformative. Other times it's just like, eh, timer went off. Time to go to work. <laughs> I don't know if that answered your question or not. It but. does. It does. Thank you for sharing that. Um, first off, when I heard when you first started, it was this piece. So many people live in this space of, but I don't have as big of a story or as big a challenge as somebody else. So who's going to listen to me? And I guarantee you just now, like what you shared and how you shared it, that will impact somebody that will affect somebody. We, I would love to see more of a step out of that, but my story's not big enough, but it's right, not right. challenging enough. Right. Like that's, that's the whole judgment and, and inner critic that's right there. Right? right. That's the inner critic that's there. But I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because, um, it's just, it's just depth. It's just you as a person. It shows that heart. And I, I just love how she still is there guiding you in so many different ways. So, so often. I love that. I really yeah. do. I think I believe in that. And I mean, like there, I was super close with my grandmother and, um, I remember even when, as the way it went down was a very difficult time for us and what we were going through, but I ended up going with her to the hospital. And I remember my parents, everybody was gone. So my mom was like, can you just go spend time with her? We will be like, we will come back. And the doctor said to me, she, um, her cancer has spread. And he started to tell me and I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. He goes, and these are his words. Would you mind telling her? And I was like, you, what you want me to tell her? Like, isn't that your job? Like, I don't even understand. I'm not good. Like, I'm not a doctor. And he goes, yeah, but your family. And I'm like, surely I'm not the first family in this situation. And, and I did, I walked in and I looked at her and as soon as I looked at her and she was like, I know, I already know you don't have to tell me. And so she knew, but we've always been super connected and I'm, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I'm just going to follow my gut. But we ended, up, we ended up being in this space that, you know, a couple of days before she died, she called me and from the hospital and she said, so everybody says uncle Johnny has to do my eulogy and it's my funeral. So I get to choose and it's going to be you. So can you do a eulogy that brings out some of the fun stories, some of the things? And I, I like, that was the beginning of when I started speaking. That was the event. And wow. I, so she is literally like, I see her, I hear her on a regular basis, like 
So there's such a story behind that. But it's just this piece that I fully believe that like our support isn't supposed to just come from us. Like we are actually being guided and supported from so many different absolutely people, spirits, however you want to say it, but we have right. to be able to see it. Yep, absolutely. And and thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Uh, sounds like you have a, a similar uh, relationship uh, as well. Uh, and uh, that doctor, maybe he was a coward, but he probably might, he must've known that, uh, that that connection was there. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I can totally yeah. hear what you're saying. I'm like, Dude, what? Like, no, you got the stethoscope. You got the jacket. I'm like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> uh, he was like, I don't know if I can. Like, and I'm like, what, what do you mean you don't know if you can? And my husband was there too. And he was just like, what did you start? The bizarre thing I've ever seen. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Cause you're going to do a terrible job of it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> you're going to be clinical. You're going to be quiet. You're stoic. I'm like, yeah, no, I got this. I, yeah. I don't know if I, I got this. <laughs> yeah. And that was such a, that moment, but I swear to God, her spirit is something that is with me. And she always, she even said towards the end, whenever you see a dove, that'll be me. And I don't even want to tell you how many times I have been <laughs> in a crossroads of something and, um, or writing, especially when I wrote my book and I remember being stuck on some spots and really having a hard time. And we got to the point where my husband looked out, he goes, we have a dove in our tree and we've never had doves. Like, <laughs> like Oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Cool. I think it's really, that's almost like a meditation experience for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, wait, uh, beyond sense. Okay. Uh, because that is a great segue to think about what meditation does talking about being in the moment, being mindful. I mean, there are so many times that like we miss life because we're just like, got to do this, got to do this, got to do that. So I'm like, oh, I, I was a jackass back then. I shouldn't have done that. Or so-and-so yep. was mean to me. Like, But when we're in this moment, the entire world becomes alive and we see everything. We see doves, we see mm-hmm. uh, connections, we see everything. And that's what I'm, why I love meditation so much. We live our lives on purpose. We're not just going through life. We're not just like birth, death, just take me in the flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so Beautiful. it just helps us become aware of what's here. Um, and any other day you would have been writing and you'd be like, uh, yeah, uh, block, block, block. Yep. That do- there could have been 20 doves in the trees and you'd be like, uh, my publisher's wanting this. Uh, crap. And the doves are like, you know, it's just it's been so it's actually so funny to the point where my husband there have been times he's like wow there you go are you stuck on something i'm like yeah it's right there and it's just i love it i'm like okay thank you message received like i literally i receive it at the same time right and i don't question it and i think that's an interesting thing when it comes to higher self is can you trust that can you let that land can you follow into action like surrender like move through it and one of the great things about meditation too is there are disconnection from ego mm-hmm. um having to know having to know what the outcome is going to be what the course of action is we talked about it uh just here and on my show where it's just like there's just such a weight lifted off where you're like everything is going to be fine mm-hmm. if i just get out of my own freaking way mm-hmm. if i stop overthinking if i stop listening to everybody else and meditation just says you got this you might uh you might not understand it but mm-hmm. just trust trust the process another yeah. cliche that is wildly profound yeah, it's cliche, but it's really, that's really powerful. And I mean, if Absolutely. I take it and back into NLP and understanding the brain, so many people will say, well, I'm going to think about it. And I'm like, oh my God, don't do that. Like, don't do that. <laughs> What's the thing you can do? <laughs> so it's just 
it's yes or no. And like make a decision and move on because your brain is a collection of like 95% being your subconscious mind, which means it's all your lived experiences. So if you go to your brain to think about what the answer should be, it's only going to be based on what you've done, not what's possible. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Trust your gut. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Beautiful. Beautiful. So you are on Insight Timer. And is that tell us a little bit about your practice there and other ways that you support people with meditation. So Insight Timer is, I can't believe, I mean, everybody's heard about Calm, everybody's heard about Headspace, and maybe just because they have a, a flashy marketing uh, team, but Insight Timer is the largest uh, meditation app, and it's a free app. They've got... I uh, awesome. I, I've been using it for years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and it's grown tremendously from when I started and probably the same with you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, with courses, with music, with uh, talks, everything. Um, but so as an instructor out on Insight Timer, uh, uh, I share my meditations with my, with my, with the people that follow me. The things that, it won't come as a surprise to anybody, that the things I focus on are mainly self-reflection, introspection. In fact, one of, if I think about the meditations that are uh, the most widely listened to out on Insight Timer, there are three of them. One is insomnia. One is the sleep meditation, which I totally get that. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, another is a, a four-minute meditation. But the one I'm proudest of and the one that I'm excited that most people um, gravitate to is uh, Journey to Self-Love is the name of the meditation. And it's a guided visualization to, that just really helps people connect with the breath, connect with their body, but also understand that that they are beauty, that they are light and they are divine. And um, it helps them, hopefully, and I've heard from people that have um, messaged me to say, I really needed to hear that. I'm like, well, the good news is I didn't tell you anything that you didn't already know. <laughs> you just had to uncover it. So um, so I share my meditations out on Insight Timer. I've got the Zen Commuter Group out on Insight Timer. So we have uh, we meditate every Wednesday and every Sunday um, uh, as a group. So that's pretty cool. And other ways, I teach in person here in Nashua, New Hampshire. Uh, but most of my stuff is online and I work with a lot of companies that are helping their uh, employees become more grounded and more emotionally uh, responsive as opposed to reactive. So mm-hmm. that's the the main crux of my work. Oh, beautiful. I love hearing companies step into that space. I really do. Like, I think that's like, we're starting to understand, like, we're not just um, robots pushing buttons, getting things done. Like we have people and, you know, as uh, my husband's in a new job right now. And I mean, his job is not HR, but he's like, I might as well be HR. Like we have got to find a way because that is taking majority of the day. And I love hearing how that's more and more companies are recognizing the importance of this kind of work. One of the things I like about teaching it to people in the workplace is two reasons. I, I feel, <laughs> I feel, I don't really, but I feel disingenuous because my ultimate goal is for people to connect with their heart and their spirit. Uh, but when I pitch that to companies, I can't say that because it's way too woo woo, way too spiritual. I'm like, you know what? Do you want your employees to be out less sick? You know, be not out sick. Do you want them to be more focused, creative, uh, able to work well with each other? I'm like, yep, that's what meditation will do. So I, I'm like, here it is. Here's your package. And then invariably, once they're like, uh, they're like uh, they've never experienced calm or they've never experienced uh, stillness or uh, solitude, then, they, then they're like, 
cool. You know, my focus is better, my attention is better, creativity, all these things. She's like, but hey, can you help me understand something? The other day I was meditating and I got this image that I was in a field and there was just a peace that came over me. And I'm just like, cool, it's starting to happen. Woohoo. <laughs> and we just, and then we transitioned to into that uh, more um, uh, spiritual component of meditation. I, I kind of, I hate to say it that I feel like a pusher, but I feel like I lock them in with like the things that are going to help them in their human life. And then once they experience that on their own, that that stillness, they're like, I'm like, cool. What does this mean? I'm like, well, I don't know, but let's use meditation to help you find out what that means. Mm, I love that. Thank you for sharing. And I have done your journey to self-love on Insight Timer. Oh, great. Uh, yeah, it was really good. And um, I love the four minutes too, because um, I'm the person that how I react now, like when I can feel anxiety come in, I literally will stop and do a three or four minute one. Absolutely. I can't believe the difference it takes. It makes in me to pause for like three minutes. It's like, yeah. wow, like that. I feel different. Like it's, and I know that go back to Joe Dispenza. I know they've actually done brain scans on people in, you know, after seven days, after 14 days of regular consistent meditation, they're actually right. showing physical change. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, uh, from a physiological standpoint, just the process of taking three deep breaths is going to change our body because everybody knows about the fight or flight response about, uh, and I use this example before you, you get an email from your boss saying, Hey, we got to talk. Your body says like, Oh my God, what the heck? And your heart starts going, your, you know, your lungs start, you know, your breathing is a little bit more labored. You get that fight or flight. So if we have that fight or flight, there's got to be a mechanism to turn that off. And there is, it's the relaxation response. And the way that's triggered is by taking nice, deep breaths. Usually it doesn't really matter what the tempo is, but I typically tell people about a four, seven, eight, where you breathe in through your nose for uh, four seconds, uh, hold it for seven seconds or a count of seven, and then let it out for a count of eight. And whether you adhere to that framework, as long as your um, exhale is twice the length of time as your inhale, your body starts saying, okay, if he or she is breathing like this, that means there's no fear. There's nothing that I need to worry about. There's no, I can shut off this uh, fight or flight and I can start bringing in the relaxation response. So that's one way it does it. The other way it does it is through our uh, vagus nerve. There is a nerve that uh, is on both sides of our diaphragm. So when we're taking a nice, deep diaphragmatic breath, expanding our belly, we're triggering, we're sending a signal via the diaphragm, via that vagus nerve, same thing. Our body, our brain says, oh, okay, these are nice full breaths. So if these are nice full breaths, then there's no fear. There's no nothing I need to uh, run or flee, you know, fight or flee from. So it triggers a relaxation response again. So those nice deep breaths, something as simple as three deep breaths is going to bring you out to that space. And with my meditation at that four minute meditation, that's how we start. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that's about 30 seconds. And then after that, it's just uh, deeper and deeper. And many people are like, Dude, I, this was the best thing. And that's exactly why I created it because I, I know firsthand I'm the same way. They're like, you know, when I was working in the corporate world and you're like, oh, okay, this is, I'm going to go crazy. I'm like, and uh, I just literally uh, jump into a conference room or jump into a, a stall in the men's room. And I'm like, okay, I got this. I got this. Mm -hmm. 
open up that door. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. You worked yourself up into a tizzy and you really didn't need to. Nice job coming back. <laughs> oh, oh, that's beautiful because I know that's going to relate. People will relate to those feelings and that experience oh, yeah. so yep. much so. Um, you are on Insight Timer. Where's the best places outside of that for people to connect, follow, or learn more from you? So I would, I'd say the best place is to go out to zencommuter.com. That's my website that uh, can guide you to uh, all different things. Uh, signing up for my newsletter, seeing the courses that are available, uh, as well as I'm at, on social media, of course. Um, mostly Instagram. I used to be Twitter. Uh, I am not a big Facebook guy. So uh, Instagram is it. And even lately, I'm just like, just just call me. <laughs> just write me. <laughs> awesome like isn't that awesome like it's such just yeah it's sometimes we've even lost that track of like talking yeah exactly exactly uh and i'm out on patreon as well so patreon.com uh fat uh forward slash send commuter so if people want to pledge to the show anywhere from one dollar to fifty dollars that helps uh the other thing too to that point i you know the people that are out on patreon i said i literally gave them my phone number i'm like you have a question just give me a call so uh but with that said if you're not on patreon by all means, I love email. Sounds really silly, but T H O M at zencommuter.com. Send me any emails like, hey, what about this? What about this? Would you suggest this? This happened. I just I answer them all myself. Uh, as you can see, the my staff is gone for the day. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was really funny. Because I sit there be times where it's like on a Saturday and I'm just, I can sit down and get like two hours of really concentrated work done. Right. It has to last something. I'm like, I don't know. I check with my staff, but they don't have it done yet. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sorry, when I get emails I like, yeah, exactly. I love when I get emails from like, can you put me in touch with your uh, marketing department? I'm like, uh, you, you're talking to your, mar- your yeah. marketing department. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk to the guy that uh, does the, I'm like, it's on me. So <laughs> Uh, but to my point, I love answering emails and I love helping people. Um, and we could even get on a Zoom call. You know, that's a definite possibility too. So they write, we can create a dialogue that way. But yeah, so zencommuter.com, uh, Instagram, or T H O M at zencommuter.com. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I'll make sure everything is in the show notes. Thank you um, so much. Oh my God, you're welcome. I've loved this conversation. You took it in places that um, I was really hoping we could take it because no one has come on to talk about meditation and understanding how, uh, yeah, no, how impactful it can be for our bodies. And I think then the more we're taking care of this, the better we can respond and react to life as it's happening around us all, like all the time. Like it's literally all the time. So it's- That's yeah. a that's a good point because I think about this too. Like uh, I liken it uh, or liken it to um, when you're sick. When you're sick, you're 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 not your best self. And like the pain, whether it be a cold, stiff, you know, whether it be chronic pain, it is in the forefront of your mind, and yeah. you can't shine when you're focusing on that pain. And I kind of think meditation is the same way. If we are so wrapped up in all the thoughts that are illusory in our minds. We're not really giving the world the best that we can be, mm-hmm. uh, coming from heart, coming from soul. So I that's one of the other reasons I help um, uh, people learn meditation, just so that they can shine their light and be the brightest that they can for the world and for themselves and for their family. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Honestly, I've loved having you here today, Tom. Having this conversation, I have one more question for you, and it is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? What lesson am I most grateful for? 
I would say the very thing that I've been talking about the whole time is that I and you or everybody in in the uh, listening has the ability to not just live a life that's full, but if you have any question about anything that relates to your life, whether it be your human life, your spiritual life, it's all in there. All you have to do is just quiet, quiet the world around you. Uh, so I would say that's the biggest lesson that uh, that I've learned, and meditation has helped me learn that. And it's um, it's a journey, and uh, that might be an overused word too, but it's just amazing. If I think about where my meditation practice started, uh, you know learning from my mom and then just meditating on a Saturday and a Tuesday uh, to now every day, just having it be the cornerstone of my life. It's just amazing. Uh, the places it has taken me, the things I've experienced, the lessons, well, you know what? There isn't one lesson that I've learned. They just keep coming every day and I love it. And I'm so open to every one of them. So uh, my intuition says, Hey, what about this? I'm like, cool, show it to me or help me experience it in a different way. So. Uh, that answered your question, but it <laughs> there is no wrong answer. It's like yeah. you are grateful for. There's no wrong answer. Right. It's just like meditating. Am I meditating right? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it right. Can I get my box checked to make sure I did it right? We all do this, but I love no, I absolutely loved it. Thank you so much for being here, honestly. This was an absolute joy, as I knew it would be. When you were on my show, we clicked and I knew we clicked today. So I um I am thankful. Hopefully that your audience will take some things away from this that uh, will help them grow and help them understand just how amazing they are. So um, thank you for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. If you love this episode, I invite you to tag me on social media with your takeaways or share it with a friend. Please, if you feel called, take 30 seconds to leave a five-star review and I will be forever grateful. Until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.